Kia ora whanau. I am so pumped. Again, I'm always pumped. Um, but especially this week, we're going back into the world of theatre with Emma Ford, who is a drummer, a percussionist, loves theatre, and she's drummed on Broadway. She's toured with musicals such as Pippin and The Illusionist. She's drummed on Jagged Little Pill, which is the Alanis Morissette musical, and also drummed on one of my favourites, Hamilton. Uh, even learnt from the original Hamilton musical drummer. Honestly, this podcast is full of awesome conversations. Not just a musical fan will enjoy it. Anyone will enjoy it, as we talked about. Yeah, loads of good stuff. So enjoy this one with Emma Ford. What's up? What's up, man? Gosh. How's it going? A lot better than you guys, you know? Yes. I saw yeah. you on to Harry Potter 6 or something I saw on your ground the other day. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I am uh, going through the whole Harry Potter series again in lockdown. I put it off for as long as I could. And I was like, no, nah, it's time. So I'm doing one one a day. Yeah. I'm almost almost finished the series, but it's been it's been nice to have like something to look forward to at the end of the day, you yeah, know. Yeah, hard out, like, hard out. Yeah, it's just it's just a lot of nothing in lockdown and um and then to be like, Oh, but I get to like make dinner and watch Harry Potter tonight. So let's go. That's <laughs> yeah, that, that's the most exciting part of my day at the moment. What um when was the last time you watched them? Oh God, a long time. It's yeah. been a long time. I feel like I, I watched the first four a lot of times, and so I remember them the most. And then the second half, I've forgotten yeah. so much yeah. of. So it's like I'm watching it again for the first time. Yeah. So yeah. it's it, it's really cool. Like I just those movies are great, and they were like my childhood. So do you have a favorite? Um, yeah, I do. I love um, oh, the Goblet go. of Fire. Same. That's my favorite yes. one. Yeah, my yes. favorite. It's heaps of people don't think people, it is. I know. I when I posted that I was uh, watching it, a lot of people messaged me and and were like, "Why? This is the worst <laughs> one." I was like, "How dare you?" Wait, nothing beats that. Um, for me, as when, um. I can't remember the name of the school because you've watched because I I actually rewatched them all recently as well. But right, um, oh, what's the name of the school where Igor Kakarov is the? Doom, oh yeah, Doom, Doom something. Yeah, but they yeah, walk I in and they're like, doof, doof, yes. Doof. I just like I think that's my favorite, yeah. my favorite bit of the whole <laughs> yeah, movie almost. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I just love like it's kind of like the Olympics, mm. which also has just been happening. But I love the. I love watching those different schools compete in sports and stuff. I thought it's a really fun yeah. movie. And then after that, it kind of just gets dark. It, is, it actually does go down. And scary. Yeah. Yeah. But what but, I love about that is because, um, I mean, I'm in my 20s and mm-hmm. I feel like the way that she wrote that, or I guess the yeah, how J.K. Rowling wrote it, it kind of follows well for me it followed me kind of growing up so like the early books i was kind of like a mm-hmm. teenager and mm-hmm. then as the books got older like i was a late teenager so you kind mm-hmm. of grew up with well for me anyway grew up with the characters so it kind of as yeah. it got darker you got older it was kind of clever like how she did it yeah you know? yeah i felt that i felt that too like that the, i was probably i think the same age 
as the they were in the movie so like i was growing up with them and watching them grow up and that was like yeah that was pretty that was pretty special i felt like i could like really relate even though they're you know wizards yeah, <laughs> yeah. even though you're 16 and struggling with homework and they're struggling yeah. with the dark lord of uh... <laughs> yeah yeah okay maybe maybe not so much in common hey, there but... take from that. yeah no i just i i enjoyed what yeah watching them and and going through life at the same time as as they were and like having that escape to kind of uh, go to when you're like trying to figure out who you are as a teenager in high school and yeah watching something like that and seeing that oh they've got problems but like probably much bigger problems than i have yeah 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 well i mean even for you as a musician in the earth like when you're mm. younger like you almost need those places to escape to right like you need because i mean it's not like a um because I, I my some of my friends are you know really heavily involved in the new zealand music industry and they say the same thing like it's not like a i'm a teacher right i can just mm -hmm. i know my pathway get to year 13 mm -hmm. or year 12 in mm -hmm. australia then mm -hmm. go to uni and then apply for a job and then, like kind of the pathways there. But for you guys, yeah. it's like, it's not like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everything's very much up in the air and it's like, you just pretty much are living like gig to gig. You don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, shows may sell, show may, shows may get canceled. You might not get a gig for a month, you know, you might get a gig every night for a month. Like it, it's so unpredictable. You just don't know, yeah. you know, what your future is. I mean, you can have, you can have goals, but you know, the arts industry is so, um, uh, I guess like rooted in like the now and the present and the near future of like booking shows, booking gigs. Mm. Um, you don't, you don't really know what's going to happen even next month or next three months, next year, yeah, you, don't, yeah, yeah. you don't know. So yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of the scary thing about being in this industry. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's no certainty at all. I remember um, a friend or well, my flatmate, actually one of my good mates, his name's Elijah. He's a drummer also. And he, oh, um, right. he, I remember when he landed his first regular gig, which was every Friday night, with this group called the Beat Council at a um like a I guess a club in Auckland, um mm -hmm. like cover band kind of vibes, um and he was stoked that he's got a gig yeah. every Friday night, no matter yep. what, like it's there for him if he wants it, you know. Yeah, it's so it's so nice <laughs> when you get something regular. You just know, like it just feels you feel safe and secure, and you're like, okay, I know that I'm gonna get this gig i know i'm going to be playing at this time i know i'm going to get this much money and then it's just like for the rest of the week you just got to hustle and hope that you get get more work but at least you know you have that one residency or yeah or regular performance which is is great but the thing is too like and um and i and from what i've the conversations i've had with um even with my flatmate like being a a male musician you know, whether you're a drummer, a bass player, a guitarist, whatever. Um, it's so much easier, I guess, than being a female musician. Like, if you're a singer, like, it's a different story, right? But mm -hmm. being a female musician, like, 
the not that that the odds are stacked against you, but it's definitely not as easy, eh? Yeah, yeah. It's it's been an interesting journey, I guess. Um, Which I think is awesome, in... by the way. Like, oh, thank you win. so much. Yeah. yeah, for sure. It's uh, yeah. It's been really, it's been really cool. I haven't um really come across there's never been a point in my career where it's like you're not getting it this gig because you're a a female it's Mm. just it's just that male drummers and musicians they're just so common and like there's so many of them and usually when people are booking gigs they'll book their mates and so if there's a higher amount of like men around and all their mates are dudes like they're gonna book them um and when there's when there's less of us females around um it's yeah it's kind of harder to get noticed and to get like into those circles um but you know also on the other side of that being a female drummer has an its advantages because people are like, whoa, we haven't seen that before. Like that's kind of new. Um, And so that has also helped me um, with some getting some work as well, because people, people want that and people are starting to want all female bands. Like Beyonce's band is all female and they're just like so badass. And like people are starting to want more of that. And, um, I think the more the younger girls when they're learning, like when they're like super young and they're trying to pick an instrument, um, instead of, you know, thinking, oh, well, girls play the flute or girls sing or girls yeah, right. do this. If they're seeing female drummers, female bass players, female guitarists, they can be like, wow, this is actually something I can do. I didn't realize that girls can do this. Yeah. Um, I think the more uh, female musicians are getting out there and being more public and succeeding, the more girls we're going to get coming through that end up uh, joining us in our industry because they're seeing that they have role models and like, they can know that they, that's something that they can pursue. Yeah. So that's my, my goal is, is to, um, kind of inspire the younger drummers in particular. And, uh, so that we can have a lot more in our industry. And so it can balance out a little bit. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm really passionate about that's that awesome. and getting what do, the what girls do you see involved. that as what do you see like the pathway for that being like you know i'm a teacher right and i know for in school for example that you know the music music te- not the music teacher but a music tutor say a guitar teacher or a, mm-hmm. um, or a piano teacher or whoever will come in and say you know we're taking this person who signed up for music lessons blah 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 but nine times out of ten the, the tutors are male as well yeah um yeah you know, like, what do you what do you think is the pathway? Because you're right. There's so many young, talented musicians that are female that mm-hmm. just aren't seen it represented for them. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it all starts at that that age. Mm. I think that's yeah, like that's... when they're re- really young, and just being able to, um, yeah, show them that they can 
they can pick any instrument. There's no such thing as a boy's instrument or a girl's instrument. Like we need to stop that. So the more that they're exposed to, you know, men that play the flute or clarinet and women that play the trombone or, um, you know, the guitar, like the more they're seeing it, the more that they, they can realize that, their their options are open to whatever they want to choose and not what society is telling them that's the key word there a society yeah it's the box that you're meant to fit into as a musician yeah yeah exactly i think it's it starts with that and it starts with with the teachers the music teachers and like there needs to be a good representation across across the board like um say in schools hiring Mm. hiring um an equal amount of male and female music teachers and just having the kids exposed to uh both options you know like just i think it's important for them to just see what's possible for them yeah and then that will start the wave of like this next generation coming through uh hopefully with with more girls totally. in in those like rhythm section positions and uh 100% yeah, that that would be ideal because i mean you think about it the i mean this is a broad statement but the bass and the drums carry the mm-hmm. carry the gigs you know mhm um yeah and a lot of people like, I mean, a lot of people, it's kind of like, you know, it's like the behind the scenes work. But when you, like, I mean, I'm not a musician myself. I love music, though, and I love all of that stuff. And mm-hmm. now when I'm listening to music, I'm like, oh, what's that bass line? Like, oh, mm-hmm. man, listen to that drum fill or what, whatever it is, right? But yeah. usually people are listening for the, and guitar as well. Obviously, the guitar is a big part of that, too. But, you know, everyone's listening for the, the big high notes from the singer or the, like, the mean licks on the on the gap. But it's, yeah, yeah, it's empowering that, um. I don't even know how you'd call it. Not behind the scenes, but the engine, the engine room of, of the rhythm section, eh? Yeah, that's right. That's right. The bass, I think the relationship that the bass player and the drummer have is like... Huge. Super important um, in a band. And yeah, I just think they can make or break a song. And I yeah, feel yeah. like, you know, when you're listening to a good song, you're you're dancing to it, you're grooving to it because of the bass and drums, you know, singing, cool, guitar, cool, but, but yeah, bass and drums are like... There's something that gets you going from, you know, that's what hits, you, hits the heart, right? But even yeah. um, one of my favorite things to do is to go to, um, have you ever heard of, uh, you, you might not have, he's a Kiwi artist, Victor Hawkins Sulphur? No, I haven't. He's a, he's a talented artist, but one of the cool things he does is, um, you know, covers. And they um they play once a week in the on the waterfront, the viaduct, and it's just requests. And you know, you just go up and you request like, oh, let's do um something from the jungle book. Oh, let's do um <laughs> Beyonce, you know, let's do whatever. And they nail like the drummer and the bass players nail it. Like they're just That's like they sick. are on a level. And, yeah. and and it's all improv, right? Like I mean, I guess it's yeah. like there's they've practiced, but when it's all you know, when it's a request like that, it's just like their their relationship has to be tight, you know, for that to happen. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. And as as musicians, that's our thing. Like we have to know, especially especially drums and and bass, have to know how to 
do that have to know how to improvise and um we have to kind of learn like a whole repertoire of music because there's so many gigs where you just you don't have rehearsals you just show up it's like maybe you're playing at a pub and people request tunes and you're like all right gotta do it i don't (laughs) like you just have to know all these songs like popular songs from i don't know 50s all the way through to now and yeah and that just that's just a thing that we we know and you're expected to know i guess when you're a musician it's just you just gotta know songs yeah even my my flatmate and um i hope he doesn't mind me sharing this yeah, he wouldn't mind but as he does this thing where he'll be like oh we're doing this new couple of new songs tonight and i'll be like oh mean have you and he's like yeah i haven't listened to them yet when's the gig oh a couple of hours so yeah so he'll listen to them on the way in the car yep. like just listening and, oh, yeah, okay yep. okay i got the <laughs> yep i've done that before that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a scam <laughs> it's it's good though because like a lot of stuff that you'd be playing at a gig like that would be like pretty standard for at least for drums there's usually like there's a select number of beats that's you like that yeah. are used in popular music yeah so it's going to be one of them and you just then need to know like the form like verse chorus verse chorus like what's the deal yeah, yeah. once you got that tempo all right sweet on to the next one like that's yeah that's just a common thing i guess we as drummers need to need to be able to do is just listen to a song listen to like a minute of it and just know what to play uh, which is wild when you think about it. I haven't really thought about it yeah. <laughs> before, but yeah, it's just kind of like an un- unspoken rule yeah. as an, as a musician, just to know these things and know these skills. Cause you don't want to be caught out on a gig where someone's, you know, play this tune and the rest of the band knows it. And you're like, oh, how yeah. does this go? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you don't want to be that person. So yeah, have you um have you ever heard of us speaking to someone on the podcast recently, and I couldn't remember what it was, but um have you ever heard of I think it's called like Indian style, but it's that like taka ta taka ta taka ta taka ta taka ta yes yes, and it's like a lot of vocals, but then the drum like there is no formula in my mind to that. That just sounds so insanely talented to do that, both as a vocalist but as a drummer because it's so yeah. I don't even know how you sporadic. I don't know. erratic i don't know how you would describe (laughs) that kind of drumming and i I don't know either but it's it's incredible to watch and to listen to and like some people have transcribed it and written out all the rhythms and the notation of it which i think is fascinating and so like you can watch the video along with watching the music go by like whoever's written it out puts it on the screen yeah and it's just unbelievable like i'm sure you know they don't have they don't it's not written anywhere for them but for us like someone's trying to transcribe it and put it in like the time signature and the like full-on written it out exactly how if we were to attempt to play it how would we how would we play it and it's just like it's unbelievable like the musicianship 
and like talent that these people have um that that play music like that is just insane Mm. and i i admire them i definitely could not do it (laughs) it's so impressive it's but that's the beauty of music though right like music's not this one-dimensional oh yeah once you got it you got it like it's you can just admire from afar um, and we'll get into like what you do shortly, mm-hmm. but like what you do mm-hmm. versus what my mate does in the mm-hmm. jazz arena versus what my mate does mm-hmm. in the in the rock arena. Like you know, like you can draw similarities, but at the same time, you can appreciate, mm-hmm. especially in. I mean, I'm sure you would agree. Like in a society that wants to drag down, you know, tall poppy is that a tall poppy is that a thing in Australia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. tall poppy syndrome. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, like, but as a community of musicians, I've every musician I've spoken to, both on the podcast and in real life there's just this admiration and uplifting of your your family, really, eh? Like of other mm-hmm. musicians and what they do in their style. And I really think that's so important. I think we could use that in every area of of life and not just the music realm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. There's so much um, respect between musicians in across all the genres and, and whatever anyone's doing. If you're a musician and you're watching a, a – a gig or um you're, you're playing a gig just at a pub or you walk past or whatever um so often i like i've been approached by other musicians and they'll just say you sound great that was awesome have a good night like they'll just Yo, yeah. they'll wait until the time like until the gig's over or there's a break and they'll say you know great job well done. Yeah. See cool. you later. Like, I love that. Like they don't need to do that, you know, but it's, it's like the respect from other musicians uh, and like the, the willingness to support each other. Just like, it does feel like a family, even though you don't know these people. Yeah. It's just like, we got, we got this connection because we both do this. We know what it's like. Yeah. Um, it's like when you bump is, into an Australian overseas or if we bump into a New Zealander yeah. overseas, you're like, yeah. yo, we are, we, yeah, we know. Yeah, it's like, hey. A- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's what it, that's what it feels like. It's, it's actually really cool. It's like we're in our own little, yeah. little bubble, our little world together. It's really sick. That's awesome. And even mm. we talked about like the whole empowering kind of, teaching journey you know from from young ages and stuff like kind of pivoting to your journey what was that empowerment for you to get into drums and actually begin the journey of I guess what you're doing you know yeah well I I think the reason why I want to be so um like uh vocal about my role and what I do as a, as a female drummer in this industry is because I didn't have anyone like that for me. I didn't know any like female drummers that were successful. Um, like going back to when I was picking an instrument, I, you know, I had to choose like between, I had to choose like my top four uh, instruments. And it was like, the options for me pretty much or for girls in that time um, was like flute, clarinet, saxophone. Right. Yeah. 
That was about it. Yeah. And I was like, great, I have to choose Eeny, meeny, one of money. the girls' <laughs> instruments. Yeah. So I actually started on clarinet, even though like I always had my eye on drums. Like no I was always yeah. like, ooh, this is a cool thing, but I don't think I'm allowed to play it. Like I didn't know that was an option. Mm. Um, and then, you know, I got into high school and I was just like, okay, it's time. I'm sick of the clarinet. This is not my vibe. It's not my instrument. I just really want to like hit some things and like yeah, make some go. beats. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I still at that point didn't have anyone to look up to that inspired me or empowered me. There was another girl in the like school band percussion section. So I was like, at least I was like, okay, I won't be the only one. So right, that's yeah. cool. Um, Did you grow up in Sydney? I grew up in Sydney, yeah. Um, and so I did that. I, I, I went through school playing drums, um, but all my all my teachers, all the drummers that I saw and knew were all um, male. Mm. And I just didn't, yeah, still didn't have that person until I got to, to university and I started to um, research uh, into like more female musicians. And I, um, I went to the Sydney conservatorium of music, uh, for jazz. So I did the jazz, um, degree course for, um, four years. And through that journey learned of all these female drummers, um, that were, you know, there were jazz drummers and like, you know, go, going all the way back to like the beginning of jazz music, there were female drummers. So I was like, wow, this, this has been a thing and is a thing. I'm just like not seeing much of it in my everyday life. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think that kind of motivated me and like empowered me to, to continue and, and pursue, um, pursue this, career and and know that i could do that because i'm like if there were women way back in the day in like the 50s and 60s um playing drums and if they made it through those times where like society would have been like no 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 what are you doing um then i'm like "Well, well i can do this this is this is no big deal yeah and so i think i just kind of got motivated to um be that be that one female drummer in my area and and in my state and in my country whatever like yeah. it turns out there were many and i yeah. have met many and i have many great female drummer friends and they're so talented and amazing and um the more i met them we kind of like it's the same sort of thing as like you know, we when we meet another um, female drummer, we're like, "Hey, so we we know this, yeah. we know what this is about. Yeah. Like, we got each other's backs." That's cool. Um, and there's like a lot of support uh, in that little little family too. Um, so I feel like we then bounce off each other and empower each other and are yeah. role models for each other and and. Um, 
it's it's becoming way more common now that there are more mm. uh, female drummers, which is great. It's huge. So, eh? It's it's like yeah, it's when you start to see it more it's like anything eh? you start to see it more it starts to be encouraged more and, and then people mm-hmm. are empowered more you know it's kind of like this, mm-hmm. this domino effect um mm-hmm. i'm assuming assuming australia is the same as new zealand do you remember your final recital my final re- yeah, yeah i do how, how was it <laughs> it was good i mean it's pretty funny because I I went to the con and and was studying jazz, but as soon as I was there, um, I had a chat with my um, my teacher, who's going to be my teacher for the the four years that I was there, and I just said to him like I love jazz and I want to learn how to play jazz, mm. but I love love musical theater and that's what I want to do with my career. And I just said to him, I was like, look, I, I want to just be a better drummer. Like I'm here to just be better and learning jazz is going to help me do that. But I was like, I just want you to know that like jazz is not my passion, you know, musical theater is my passion. Mm. So, um, so like going through i did everything that was required of me but when you could do like free choice for your final recital i kind of moved away from like the traditional jazz um songs i still did some but i did um i did a a song from I guess you could call them like a jazz fusion band um, called snarky puppy yeah snarky puppy yeah i did one of theirs i did uh, a, have you heard of a band called Dirty Loops? Yeah, oh, maybe, maybe. They do like crazy covers of like well-known I have. pop no, I songs. Have. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I have heard of Dirty Loops. Yep. Yeah, I did one mean. of them. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> They're crazy. Yeah, so it wasn't like traditional jazz, you know. I did some, but it was I was able to be more um, – well, I just kind of did what I wanted, really, and I was more into like the funk, yeah. uh, soul kind of R and B side of things. So I try to steer my final recital in that direction. And the thing is, though, you got to take people with you, right? Because you got to have your. Well, I mean, assuming it's the same once again, but you got your keys player, potentially you got your mm-hmm. guitarist, you got mm-hmm. your what you know whatever the the setup is. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had to take them on the journey with you, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but they, I picked these people specifically because I knew that they would love to play this kind of music. Like the people that I chose to to play my um, recital were fans of all of these different groups and genres and stuff. So I was like, they'll be fine. They got this. We're just gonna, we're just gonna do the thing, and it went well. So. I was pretty stoked with that and yeah. uh yeah came out of it with with a bachelor's degree of music which really means nothing. <laughs> yeah, I know I know what you're talking about. Um but then theater like how good you you get you you're what you're doing is so cool but what was the transition to get to where you are now like we'll get into what you're doing but what was that you finished school well I mean college or what do you call it university yeah. and then I know at one point you 
moved to the States, right? Yeah. So I finished uni and uh, I kind of did some like semi-professional stuff, shows and things around here. Um, what did you do? I d- oh. Heaps. Just, yeah, random. Like I've just done a bunch of stuff. <laughs> like it's it was nothing big at that point. Um, then I managed to get on a tour of a show called The Illusionists, which is cool. like a magic illusion show. And we toured um, all over like we went to Dubai and Abu Dhabi and Doha, and then we came back and did national tour here. Oh, okay. Um, like the Sydney Opera House and like Canberra, Melbourne, and all that, and that was that was awesome. Yeah. Um, and then I went on a holiday to New York in like 2016, and just decided to see if I could get some lessons from the drummer for Hamilton when I was there um and he I just reached out to him and and asked him and he was like yeah sure so I had a couple lessons with him and he was like yeah he was like okay well what do you want to do and I was like this like I wanted this is what I want to do with my life like so you went to the show did you go to the show on in Broadway did you manage yeah so I actually had lessons um with him uh and then he and then i went and watched from the pit i sat with him and watched him play the show in his drum booths i didn't see it from the front but they had monitors all around so i could watch oh it on my the screen goodness. just like fyi um, me and my yeah. mates love not just not just hamilton but all theater yeah but we love hamilton so yeah when, when i i was wondering if you managed to get in the pit and have a look that's so dope yeah yeah many times many times since then it, it was it was very amazing 2016 so, was this when the original cast were going as well i just missed them i just missed them it's mm. they finished their contract and it just started with the new team so i was like dang nah um but they were everyone's so talented yeah um but yeah so i i did that and from having those lessons and that experience of sitting in the pit with him i was like oh okay this is this is what i want to do like i need to move here and he was like you need to move here (laughs) yeah and so i was like okay great let's uh figure that out um and then so the next year i went back uh, I won this um, musical theatre grant here, um, which was fun, and I got to put some money towards really whatever I wanted yeah. for my career. And I chose to go back to New York and and study with him again for about three months. And we learnt a show called In the Heights, which is yeah. also just Lin-Manuel. come out in in the movie. Yeah, yeah Lin Manuel. I love yeah. that. I loved the I loved the movie. I wish I'd saw yeah. that saw the musical. Yeah, um, me me too. I wish I saw it on Broadway. It wasn't it wasn't around when I was there, but he was like, This is gonna be the hardest show you'll ever play, so this is what we're gonna learn together in our lessons. And I was like, Great, sweet, teach me that and then I'll be ready for everything else. And um so did that, had an amazing time, was like, Yeah, this is definitely what I wanna do came back home i was like i'm going to start working on my visa 
to move over there. And then when I came back, I got a call and people and the music director for um, a show called me and said, hey, we're doing In the Heights here in Sydney. Do you want to play it? And I was like, I literally just learnt it from the original drummer no who wrote way. the drum parts for it. Like he taught me note for note this entire show. <laughs> and now, oh my and gosh. now we're doing it here. That's so sick. <laughs> yeah, it was insane. Wow. So I, um, yeah, I got to do that. It started. We started in a small theater. Yeah. in Sydney and then uh, not many people in Australia on. would have known it then you know because it was no it's not it it's a, not you know a niche yeah. at that time yeah it wasn't a, a well-known show mm. um musical theater fans knew of it yeah. and a lot of people loved it but it wasn't it wasn't a Hamilton you know yeah yeah um so that was that was awesome we then we did it at the the opera house as well which was amazing and um and then i left i got my visa and i was like see "See you later sydney i'm going over to attempt to live my my dreams and i moved over there and lived my dreams (laughs) it was amazing yeah, what what did you do in in that time period before you obviously had to come back or or chose to come back? However, it turned out. What were you doing in that in that space? So I was there for about two, pretty much two years exactly before I um, had to come back because of COVID. Um, oh, so it was I, COVID. Bastard. Yeah, unfortunately, um, I started when I got over there. I pretty much. I didn't really know anyone. I didn't have a plan. I just kind of moved there and was like, well, we'll just see how this goes. Sounds like a typical <laughs> musician story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, as, as long as I can play on Broadway once, like in my three years um, that my visa was lasting for, I was like, I just one night, just give me like at least one night on, on a Broadway show. That's all I want. Yeah. Um, and... So pretty quickly, I I started meeting people. I was reaching out to drummers and emailing people and just meeting up Mm. um, and making connections and contacts and things. And I somehow managed to um, book my first uh, gig as like a sub, like a deputy drummer for um, a show. Uh, called Head Over Heels, which um, was like my in my I think my third week after I'd arrived and moved there was oh, wow. that somehow that happened nice, yeah. um, because like going back to um, having I guess sort of an advantage of being a female that band was an all female band oh, okay, on that okay. show. So they were looking for female drummers to fill in for the main drummer when she was away or sick or had another gig or whatever. Yeah. So, um, so through my contact with the Hamilton drummer, um, Andreas, he, he, uh, kind of hooked me up with this, this, uh, woman and she asked me to learn the book and off I went. And then, 
met some more people and I started uh, subbing on a show called Come From Away. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. And then uh, another show called Tootsie, which was also a movie, like yeah. Dustin Hoffman movie yeah. in the 80s or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then just before I left, um, I was doing Jagged Little Pill, which is the Alanis Morissette yeah. uh, musical, which is amazing. And then um, Broadway shut down because of the pandemic and uh, I kind of hung around a little bit. I moved to Connecticut with my friend just to kind of see if we could wait it out, if it was going to be a short time and then we get back to Broadway. But as we know now, yeah, <laughs> it yeah. has not been a short time. Heck no. So I just was like, I got to come, I got to come back to Sydney and, and uh, see how we, see how we go, how we go with that. And then luckily when I came back to Sydney, things started opening up again. Mm. Um, and I played on the show Pippin. Oh um, yeah. I was the drummer for Pippin. I love the finale in Pippin. Yeah. That's it's great, so hey? sick. Yeah. It's great. Um, and that was, yeah, that was really fun. And then uh, I am now, well, we're all on hold right now, but I'm now also subbing on Hamilton here in Sydney, which is. Isn't that cool? How is that for fun. a roundabout story though, right? Like I know. You are with the, the dude that drums and came up with that stuff. Yeah. And, you know, getting, what's the word, mentored. And now yeah. you're subbing. And I only know this because I saw it on your gram, but the first female drummer, right? Yeah. To ever yeah, drum first, for Hamilton. Yeah, the first female drummer to play for Hamilton in the world, which is... For people that don't know um, a couple, because obviously there's a whole lot of people that listen to this, but people yeah. that don't know what Hamilton is, because, I mean, it's, it's huge, but the people that wouldn't mm -hmm. know, how would you describe it for people? So... Hamilton is a show based on the story of the founding fathers uh, of America mm. and um, and it's the story of Alexander Hamilton, uh, who is an immigrant who came to uh, America and uh, wanted to create what now is the United States of America. Um, and it's his his journey with, you know, there's all these different characters um, like Thomas Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, all mm. of these things. Um, and it, so it's set back in the day and they have, you know, period costumes and things, but the music is all hip-hop, R&B, and the cast are all majority people of colour um, playing you know, traditionally white. These love, were all white that. men and white people. And um, it's just an incredible, incredible show. The story is fascinating. Um, the, the casts are amazing. The, the band, the music is, is just so brilliant. I love the it's layers of it. Like it's like the amount of references to itself that it 
has mm-hmm. throughout the whole musical. You know, you'll be mm-hmm. in Act Two with nonstop references from Act One, mm-hmm. and, and just, mm-hmm. even and even like I try my best with um with musical terminology. I'm I'm getting better, yeah. But just like yeah. you know, intros that like I'm mean, I'm pretty sure every time Aaron Burr comes on, I say that um. You know that little drum fill that comes on before he starts singing. You know, it's like it's, yeah. I, I just love the characters have themes and there's mm. there's just this deep layer. And the reason it's able to create that isn't the acting necessarily or the singing, but it's the music. The music is the thing yeah. that gives the characters character and and depth. Yeah. you know what I mean. Hundred percent. The the music is is the show. Mm. You know, it's it's so complex, but yet so simple the rapping and like the 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 lyrics that they're singing and it's like sometimes so fast just saying so many words yeah. so quickly but it's so musical and like so rhythmic it's just everything works so well together and it's just such an experience to to watch and like it's such an amazing thing to to be a part of like and to help create because mm. you know the the drums and like the percussion and the beats are the, the basis soul, yeah. of pretty much every every song in the show mm. um so it's like i feel like when i get to play it i'm i am the engine room mm. of this production you know it, it without the drums and without the percussion the show would be the, nothing. nothing. Yeah. What a people. <laughs> what, a, what a lot of people don't know is that the pit, aka where mm-hmm. you guys are, normally is under mm-hmm. the stage. And yeah. The I, I told because I told my flatmate I was gonna get on here with you and who is the mm-hmm. drummer and he said, "Bro, you've got to ask her this." And, and this has come from one musician to another. <laughs> yeah. But the whole idea of preparing, especially like yeah. in that audition process, although not just auditioning, but just preparing for a gig that is theatre. You know, if you're if you're a musician or a drummer, especially preparing for a jazz gig or a um, or whatever gig, right? Mm-hmm. You kind of know where you're going with it, but it's also um, you kind of you can kind of put your own spin on it. You know, you got your own flair mm-hmm. and vibe, and you know. But in a musical where everything is like the actors and the 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 production is all to the has to be precise, right? Mm-hmm. What is preparation for you going into that, wanting to bring yourself into in there, but also mm. aligning with, I guess, how precise you got to be. I don't know if that makes sense as a question, but yeah, 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 no, hundred percent. The it's tough with musical theatre, and this is why, like, a lot of musicians struggle with with playing mu- musical theatre shows, is because it's pretty much you know, note for note, same thing every night, eight shows a week, Mm. same thing. Like not a lot of room for improvisation at all. Like your music is there. You play exactly what your music is telling you every time. So as a a sub or someone that's coming in um, to kind of fill in for someone else, um, I basically have, I get given the music, I get given, um, a video of the conductor conducting the whole show. 
I get a video of the drummer playing the whole show. And it's basically my job to basically be exactly like him and play exactly the way he does, play what, what he does, the fills, where the cymbal crashes are, what cymbal he uses, like what sticks he uses, like all wow. of that stuff. Yeah. Um, I have to be as accurate as as possible because um, the cast need consistency or everyone in the produ- production totally. needs consistency. If something sounds weird, you know, the, the cast may be in their flow and then if I play something that they don't normally hear that trips them up, who knows what could go wrong. Um, So it's like my job to be as accurate um, as possible to what he's playing and and what's in the music. Um, Luckily with Hamilton, though, there are little moments um, where things aren't like specifically written like just like fills and things. Yeah. So um so I I can take a little bit more liberty yeah. with um with what I want what what I want to play in those moments, but I try still to keep it very um similar to what Gordon plays yeah, yeah. Uh, every night because yeah. that that's just that's what we that's have to do. It has to be yeah. the same show every time because it's it's a new audience every time and they need to see the same show as the people yeah. the night before and the people the, the next night, day. Night. Like that's pretty crazy. It has pressure. to be the same. It is. Yes. Hey. It is. It, it is a lot of pressure. How do you deal with pressure like that? Yourself. Personally. Um, well, good question. <laughs> uh, I don't. I, think, <laughs> I struggle yeah, every I time. <laughs> I, I fall apart. Uh, no, I, Usually the first mm, like three shows are the most nerve wracking experiences for me, especially because we don't really get a rehearsal. Mm. Luckily for this production, I got to do a rehearsal before my first show. Um, And all the other shows that I've done, I don't get a rehearsal. You just are trusted to learn the part and show up and play it. Yeah. Um, but I got a rehearsal for this one, which was great. And that got a lot of nerves out of the way, but still, you know, once the audience is there and you're doing it for the first time, it's like, oh, okay, this is terrifying. Um, so I have, I kind of have a a ritual that I do before Mm. every show and like it's consists of like some stretching and, uh, like just warming up my hands and, um, if I'm really nervous, I'll do, I'll find like a quiet spot and do some meditation for a little bit. And that kind of calms my brain and calms my nerves. Um, and I like to have some like social time with the band nice. and the cast if they're around and, um, yeah, kind of just stop focusing on it. Yeah. And I feel like once the show starts, I'm just like in the zone. Just locked in, yeah. I'm just my eyes are just on the music and we're just we're off. Like there's no yeah, yeah. there's no thinking other than like what's next, what's next. 
you know, what's the next song? Turn the page here, change the sticks here, hit this, hit that. Like there's no, Mm. there's nothing else going on in my mind. And then I get to the end of the show and then I'm just like, oh God, (laughs) I can't believe I just played Hamilton. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, um, I was also thinking like when, because I I went recently to when Lion King were in New Zealand and I was Mm -hmm. real, you know, I was real lucky to have one of the cast hop on recently on the, yeah, the potty it was real cool but something i always wondered and i forgot to ask him but it, it's actually going to be better asking you as the musician is because when i went i went more than once and the mm-hmm. show was like it's the same show but mm-hmm. slightly different from the acting point of view you know they might say a, mm-hmm. a, a sentence faster than one or, or mm-hmm. slower than one or they'll sing a line better than or not better but like mm-hmm. longer than this time you know like i just noticed it i was like oh yeah that's a slight mm-hmm. you know when you're under when you're on the pit and you know the cast every night are going to be slightly different. Mm-hmm. Does that change what you're doing or not at all? Um, sometimes. Sometimes it does. Um, when they uh, s- switch out, so like um, sometimes, you know, the leads will take a show off to rest or, yeah. you know, someone's sick or whatever. They're, they're pretty good at rotating everyone. So mm. they have a a lot of um a lot of people doing many different roles and they all do it slightly differently from each other and i think um everyone just kind of learns how each person does their thing and how fast this person says their line and how you know how that all works um when because we run most of the show to a, a click track in our ears. Yeah. We got we got um, metronome going pretty much. You know, most most songs we've got a click going yeah. in our ears. Um, so we stick to that, and we go, and the the cast have to do <laughs> what we're doing because we're we're not stopping. We're not. We can't. Because we're they down for them. We can't speed they up. They don't have any ears. They, they don't no no they they hear from um we got they've got like monitors and stage monitors oh, yeah, okay. um they're not hearing the click they're hearing us our our music so oh, so they have to go they have to go with us but things like ballads um like the slower songs usually um are led by not led by the singers but we can have have more liberties with our time and our tempo. Yeah, like hold off, hold off, hold off, hold off now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's all just about following the conductor, and and everyone just has to have their eyes on on the conductor and and constantly watching to see what's happening. And same for if anything goes wrong in theatre, which you know happens. It's live yeah, theatre. Yeah. Um, you just have to know that the conductor's got you and and we just have to follow them and whatever they say and have you had to recover um, before? I'm sure you have, but Yeah, yeah, not in Hamilton so far. No, nothing has gone wrong Find for some me. Work, but touch it. <laughs> yeah. I've had shows where, you know, a cast member is sick or gets injured on stage and we and they have to like run off and we have to stop the show oh wow um and yeah and that those moments are a bit hectic yeah um but i guess there is kind of some safety in them going and stop and then we don't have to worry about the fact that we have to find our place but 
if someone doesn't come in where they're supposed to come in, then it's just like, oh God, what do we do? Do we keep going or do we go back? And like that's that kind of madness is the scariest part. Yeah, I yeah. think for me, the most stressful part is if someone doesn't start singing where they're supposed to sing or play where they're supposed to play. And Shucks, yeah. and then we all just go, oh, okay, eyes on the conductor. And they then it's in their, Man, in the their conductors hands. conductors are wizards, eh? Because they've got to like yeah. literally make it up on the spot at that point. Right, yeah, like super fast decision making of like, what do we do? Yeah, I was at a show that. where um, the one of the, the the leads did forget his lines for a little bit, mm. and I I would have only noticed because I had been before, and um, okay, people, right, people wouldn't have noticed. That's how professional they were from the top, yeah, I mean. and yeah. and it literally cut like two minutes of dialogue, and that would definitely have affected the musicians down in mm-hmm. the pit, yeah. Um, and even bumped his mic and like the mic started crackling. So he had to sing into the other person's mic. It was, oh, it was crazy, but no one would, I don't think anyone really would have noticed unless they had been, before, right. you know? Yeah. Like you wouldn't even have heard wild. it in the track, but that's how I was just, that's, I remember thinking, man, these guys are so trained to just recover. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and it all comes down to like, I have so much respect for musical directors and, and, their ability to just take control like when once the show started they're in charge of the cast and the band and if something goes wrong it's them like the we all look to that one person to make that decision of of how we handle this in the moment and it's it's just so wild and and there's so many talented people that you know takes two seconds three seconds to recover and and get to where we need to be um and then the show goes on and we all just like <laughs> trying to breathe yeah. through it because you can't train like for that right happened. like i mean you no. can but you can't you know what i mean yeah i think it also just comes down to your preparation and knowing like oh they're singing this line i know where that is in the song the md's probably going to tell us to skip to that bar or skip to this chorus of the song like just knowing knowing exactly what's happening in the music and being able to adapt in the like split second that things yeah. happen um that all that all comes with you know, your preparation and yeah. and being ready for anything to, yeah, to totally. happen totally have you ever drummed an md as well no, no. I it is something that I would like to do. Yeah, harder. Um, but it is it's difficult when I need all of my limbs <laughs> to play my instrument and can't actually like conduct yeah. or do anything else. Um there are shows there are shows that do have um drums as the M D but uh, I've seen my mate do yeah. it and he's he's like leaning over. Yeah, like, talking yeah. to the mic over here. Talking to the mic, yep. yep. And try pressing the buttons, cueing yep. the click tracks, like yeah. cueing the singers. Yeah. Do that's... you have a trigger pad in Hamilton? Nah. Oh yeah. Um, I have electronics, yeah. but uh, the percussionist actually uh, controls pretty much the whole show. So he yeah. he has um, his Ableton set up on his computer and he cues all of the clicks and the tracks and like sound effects and things some of that he has and 
um he's really like yeah he's key to the show um he's got a massive job and he does so well um but yeah i'm glad that i don't i don't have that responsibility um he's yeah he was he was great Uh, on jagged little pill the drummer does a lot of of cueing um the click tracks and pads and stuff yeah and so that that was a new experience for me that was the first show that i'd done where i was in control of that yeah um and that was really fun but an added pressure you know i'm not just playing the drums i'm not just like trying to read the music and the, the platform that the band is on moves on and off stage and so i'm like trying not to fall over <laughs> yeah. while I'm playing. Yeah. Um, and then just, yeah, on top of that, have to accurately cue the click tracks for the whole rest of the band and essentially the whole show. That's like a big responsibility. A lot of people just think that drummers bang things and it sounds good. Yes. And people like, I yes. mean, I, I only learned it through, you know, my friends that are drummers, but the amount of work drummers do just is mm-hmm. ridiculous. Not just in theatre anywhere, but. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. Yeah, it's 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 really awesome. I love I love yeah. I love doing it. I love having that um control, I guess. Out, over yeah. over the the band in a way because you know, you kind of have to follow the drummer. <laughs> they're the ones with the the tempo, like they they're the ones keeping everyone in time. You just got to go with it. Um It's like so getting like, given the keys to like a Ferrari. You know. <laughs> Good luck. There you go. Yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah, it's wild. I I really love it. I I'm obsessed. I'm so glad I get to do this as my job. Yeah, it's fun. I'm lo- I'm loving this convo. I love talking about it because I just yeah. I I'm intrigued as well. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I actually did drums when I was at school. No I learned. Well, I mean, I never took it anywhere, unfortunately. Yeah. But I did. Yeah. I did. I learned how to play. Um. What's the song? Sweet About Me. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I learned, yeah. I learned that on the gat. Oh, on the awesome. drum, sorry. But yeah, yeah, that was as far as we went. And the Hannah Montana, the dun chun dun dun chun That's <laughs> so as far as my drumming went. <laughs> uh, the Hannah Montana. Yeah. Uh, no judgment, I love that. Please. that <laughs> no, there's no judgment. That, But, like, that's a, such a common beat, but it's – I love that you know it from Montana. <laughs> that's where you take that beat uh, from. <laughs> oh gosh, it's funny, eh? Now everyone knows I love Hannah Montana. Here we go. Um, Who doesn't? It's a classic. Right. Um, I'm keen. I'm keen to move in, move on, but from Hamilton. But the one thing I wanted to ask you is, what's your favorite yeah. to play on that favorite song to play? Ooh, uh, there's a song called um, Yorktown. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Brackets. The world turned upside down. Monsieur um, Hamilton, Monsieur Lafayette. That starts like that, right? Yes, yeah. yes. And it's just got such a sick drum beat, and they have like this mad dance break in the middle of the song. That's like just instrumental for us, and the cast upstairs are doing some crazy dancing and yeah, choreography, yeah. and um, it's just like an epic part for the drums as well there's like lots of fills lots of cymbals going off like just it's just so fun it's yeah. such a fun song i, song. I really love it it just it goes off that's the one 
that I always look forward to every time we get to it. Like, because there's so many songs in the show. There's know, like yeah, 50, yeah. 52 songs or yeah. something. But then like getting to it, I'm just like, yes, I know this will like recharge me and like get me so pumped. Yeah, yeah. To just power through. Because it goes just... up and then comes down. Like, Because it comes um it just goes up and goes down, goes up, because and even that bit when it comes down again, then it's like we had a spy on mm-hmm. the inside. That's right, Hercules yeah. Mulligan. Yeah, that's just yeah, like, that's it. I that's love it. that so much. That's the spot. That's like the mad heavy groove, yeah. um, hip hop groove. It's like kind of like thrashy. Like it's so sick. I love it so much. Yeah, yeah. It's just oh, that's it's cool. One my of my favorites. favorites is actually wait for it. And um, I was, oh yeah, I was talking to my friend about this earlier. He's a uh, jazz musician, but he's also a music teacher. And um, mm-hmm. we we're talking about it, and we'll, he teaches his kids this. But there's this thing mm-hmm. you guys do, and I'm, I'm trying my best with like how to explain it in non-musical mm-hmm. terms. But when like you got the kind of there's a bit where it slows down, and it goes, "I'm gonna wait for it, wait for it, wait for it." But yeah. the drums like in half time. Yeah, and like the yep. fa- not the fake drums, but the you know the electronics is is loud and fast, but the the real yeah. drums is like half time, and it gives us yeah. real like I don't know how to explain it other than what I just said, but it's so yeah, that's it, that's it, that is exactly what happens. It and that is also a really fun one it's to like, play boom, as well. Boom, it just cut. yeah, boom. it's so powerful and like emotional somehow through yeah. like all these beats are happening and and it's it's still yeah it's so powerful the lyrics are are amazing like it it is a moment it's definitely a moment especially because there's like a two bar break of like silence yeah right before the drop the drop of that that drum beat and that halftime feel like it just oh it feels so good when you play it and it sounds amazing yeah. um, watching it from the front. It's just, that one's a good one. That's I agree cool. with that. There's a, there's a, quite a few songs that have stops, like even nonstop. You know, there's a couple of pauses, you know, and it's just like. Yeah, nonstop's a great one too. That's a that's a big one, that that song. It's a lot of, a lot of page turns whilst still oh, really? playing with one hand and turning the page. And They're not just hitting, have screens these days. They just go like, you know, like a, like a you know, iPad, <laughs> swipe, swipe. You could, I don't know. It's uh, Some people do. Some people uh, use that. But, uh, but if I, went flat, I still prefer paper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to deal with technology failing me. <laughs> oh, you should see me in my class when I'm teaching kids, and our smart board goes offline. Oh, it's, oh, just, no. it's just like oh, disaster. That's the technology's the worst. Um, <laughs> I had a I had a player that played Survivor Australia hop on here recently. Oh man, she. Uh, you watch Survivor? I love Survivor. Really? Oh, I love it. Are you watching it at the moment? I am. Okay, yeah. don't tell me. I'm. I'm. We're in. Well, I'm. Okay. We're. I'm a bit behind on the new season. All right. Um. But I love George. <laughs> oh my God, George. <laughs> He's a character. Yeah. He's yeah. a character. Do you? Did you? I don't know if you remember this, but do you remember Jericho? Yeah. Yeah, he's my friend. Oh no way! He, he's from Auckland. Oh, awesome! Yeah, that's right. He was a sweet guy. Yeah. 
Cookie Monster. I liked him a lot. Yes, that's right. Oh, what a legend. Funny, That's eh? so cool. Yeah, he, um, he always wanted to go on it and it was just like so cool to see him go on and then win. It's just like... Far out! What a ledge! But um, that's sick. What I was gonna, where was I going with that? Oh, so I got this girl Daisy on Daisy Richardson, and um, oh, da- yeah, I remember her. Yeah, Daisy, cattle farm from Queensland. Yes, oh, that's right, she was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. But um, something she said was um, she's in her twenties, and she yeah. said, for me to say that Survivor is the pinnacle of my life, and I'm only in my twenties would be like me saying the rest of my life's kind of downhill from here. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. you, you've played on Broadway, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe, you know, not at the heights of, you know, what it might be one day, you know, because mm-hmm. you only really got started until COVID mm-hmm. stuffed it all up. Yeah, that's right. But for you, when you look at it like that, you have played on Broadway, like one of your big goals, mm-hmm. like big life dreams, mm-hmm. and you've done it. Like how yeah. do you as a, as a person, not just as a musician, just as a person, how do you kind of, realign yourself and go all right what's bigger what's better you know what i mean yeah yeah i'm a very like motivated and driven person like my career is very important to me and for so long broadway has been like the goal and the dream and i was like one day i'll do it one day i'll do it and then my life will be complete um and i did it a lot sooner (laughs) than I expected to Um, but I at this point have not had my own show on Broadway like I haven't been the main drummer for a production uh, on Broadway yet Um, that's the next step and the next goal for me is to have my own my own show have my own what they they call it like having your own chair Mm. uh on 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 your show so that's that's the next step for me and i think that will be like the ultimate like ticking that off the goals and the dreams list that i have um would you want an original show that kind of blows up from scratch or would you want to join something that's already there i at this point either one i think the thing that's more important to me is is the the music uh the content and like the love Mm. um for the show like i need to have a connection Mm. to the show and and i'm hoping that um when i get the opportunity to have my own show whether whether it is a new one or or an existing show that I genuinely enjoy the production and the piece um, because, you know, I'd be doing eight shows a week there for who knows how long. Like these shows can run for a very long time. Like Phantom of the Opera is, I don't know, I think, God, 25 years or 30 years or something. I don't know. It's ridiculous. They're still going, so I'm like, if I'm going to be having my own show, I want it to be a show that I love and want to be there for, and I want to do this every night. And um, I guess going forward, once I've ticked that off my list, I think it's it's then just still being able to maintain that. Like, I'd love to have a career of. Mm just having my own show continuously but that 
is not really realistic um, in this world because there's just, you know, shows opening and closing all the time. And there's a lot of people that do this job, you know, I'm not going to be picked every time. Um, So I think there's still going to be that drive to get my own show, um, even if I've done it the first time, like with one one show, like there's still going to be more more for me out there that I, I want to get to. Like I, I would want to be involved in a show that takes off like Hamilton has, or, yeah. you know, I want to be on a show that means something deeply for me that maybe doesn't last too long on Broadway, but at least is, is special to me in some way. And I think I'm just, I'll still, once I reach that goal, will still be chasing that, that that dream Mm. even though i've already like i guess done it and checked it off my list i think it's always going to be something that i want because i just love doing this so much that i i i don't think i'm ever going to want to stop 100 you know stop the hustle and and stop trying because this is my like one passion in life and and i think that's going to be me and the good thing about the arts and theater is that there's always going to be new stuff coming yeah, yeah, through yeah. there's always going to be more shows they might bring back old shows they might write new shows mm. like there's going to be something different there's i'm not going to be doing the same thing for the rest of my life yeah exactly um which is nice so i'm i think i am i'm driven to to keep doing this and to keep living this life for as long as i can and that's that's i think my my goal that the next the near future goal for me is to have my own show but the long-term plan is just to keep grinding like keep doing this keep finding shows keep finding um people i want to work with and and uh hopefully getting the opportunities that i want to get and i think um, you can apply that to any area and for anyone listening whether you're in engineering or you're in teaching or you're in business well, mm, it doesn't matter where you're in it's not mm, necessarily about reaching a target it's about the journey there as well mm, enjoying the yeah. journey what's what points get into a target if you hated the journey right yeah 100 percent. that's i think that's so important too and like <laughs> the arts industry and this this job is like very humbling as well because you know it's so fragile you never know when your show is going to close you never know you know people might just stop coming and mm. um that's scary so you got to make the most of every moment every show experience um friends you make all the, the people that come and say hi to you at stage door like i think Mm. i when going back to broadway want to make sure that i'm taking it all in and really appreciating every moment because like i know now we've we haven't been on broadway for a long time i know what it feels like not to have it Mm. so i think going back all of us and all the performers will be like you know treasuring every 
second and yeah. appreciating every moment and appreciating everyone that comes to the shows. Mm. Um, and like, that's, that's something that's going to be important to me as well. Going, going back and, and really making the most of, of everything. And that's huge. Um, eh? COVID like as much of a, of a bastard it is like it has given us that ability just to kind of reflect and be thankful for what mm. you do and what we have. And, mm. um, and you're saying about like, the journey and enjoying the journey i can guarantee you there are times i'm i know this for me but guarantee there are times in your journey obviously wanting to play on broadway wanting to still you know have your own show mm -hmm. but in the journey and on the way you have moments of just like i'm over this you know like it could even be mm -hmm. for one night you know one night you're playing mm -hmm. and i'm just over this and a mm -hmm. lot of people take moments like that and and give up on on the dream yeah or, you know and i guess i'm i guess the question in that is like what would you say to people that have those moments even if it's a season you know like a period of months where you know they get disillusioned with their dream because they're not enjoying the moment you know sometimes yeah. it is a sign to like step down and maybe that wasn't it but a lot of the time it's like you got to push through you know yeah i find um it's very easy to get um discouraged hmm. um in work like this because there is a lot of rejection there's a lot of no's there's a lot of you know other people um getting hired instead of you that maybe aren't going to be as good at their job as you in your opinion um but you know it we have to learn to have some like fixed skin and accept the fact that we're not going to succeed in everything that we um you know try to try to do you know yeah there's gonna be shows that i'm gonna really want to do but miss out on and there's gonna be shows where i get chosen to to play and like just because i get got knocked back for that first one that I really wanted doesn't mean more opportunities aren't going to come. Yeah. And, um, I think it's just so important to, to obviously it hurts when you get knocked back and you're not succeeding and you're not doing the thing. Um, but if you, you're passionate about something and you really want, you really want something, you really want this life for yourself. You really want this job you have to accept that okay maybe we had one loss here but we we just have to keep trying because there is going to be an opportunity for you if you just mm. stick with it like if you're passionate about this you're going to get it like you have to keep trying you have to um build up a thick skin you have to just dedicate your time to doing what you want to do. Um, and that it makes me really sad when I talk to people who just say, Oh, I hate my job. I hate doing this. I wish I did this. I wish I did this when I yeah. was younger. I wish I took this path. I'm like, what are you doing then? Yeah. Like quit your job, yeah. follow your dream. Like yeah. don't waste your life. What are you, what are you doing? Like, I know it's easier said than done because yes, there's finances, you need to pay rent. And if you've got kids, you got to look after your kids, mm -hmm. like all of that stuff, understandable. Of course, of course. 
um, is terrifying. Um, but if you don't try, you'll never know that it's true. You could you could do that. You could actually do what you are passionate about. You could enjoy your job. You could enjoy your work and like I love what I do and I it makes me so upset when I see people that hate hate what they're doing mm. and hate their life and I'm just like you have the power to change this exactly. just focus on what you really really want and and just make it happen no excuses like just go just make it happen yeah and what i'd add to that conversation too is and don't compare yourself to to what other oh, people 100%. are doing you know like that was one of the biggest barriers you talk about going and getting it even this podcast i started in 2020 first lockdown mm-hmm. um and the biggest stumbling block for me was that comparison thing you know oh well i'm never going to be as good as joe rogan yeah like, i mean what's kind of mindsets that setting you up for yeah. if you're an aspiring drummer and you go i'm never going to be as good as emma like what, what what are you doing to yourself, you know? Yeah, that is that is a big thing and that is a barrier, like definitely a barrier that I, I struggle with to like overcome. It's like, oh, I'm not as good as that person. Oh, I'm not, I'm still not ready. I'm not good enough to do this gig. I'm not good, in, you know, yeah. this person's better than me. Like I'm yeah, all of that negative self-talk. But I think what we have to realise is like, no one in this world can do what you can do Mm. right you are the only person that does exactly what you can do no one can be you so my job i'm trying very hard to be someone else i'm trying to replicate him as close (laughs) as i can but i can't do that 100 percent accurately and just just like you know you'll never be joe rogan but no one will ever be you no one will ever be able to do Mm. what you are doing talk about what you are doing Mm. have your personality have your skills have your life experience Mm. that's just that's the amazing thing you are unique and you have your own set of skills Mm. that you can bring to your industry and your line of work that nobody in this world can. Yeah, that's huge. It's huge. And I think for anyone listening that is in that boat, just, yeah, write that down. <laughs> for <laughs> real. Because it's true. Like um, I was telling my kids at school the other day, like life's hard. And I've got 10-year-olds. Life's hard. But mm-hmm. it doesn't have to, like, I mean, not that it doesn't have to be, but you can make it, you know, if your mindset is is that one one that is positive and one that is mm-hmm. a go-getter and one that is actually mm-hmm. seeing the silver linings and seeing the opportunities mm-hmm. and the gaps. Um, mm-hmm. It eases that a bit, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, that's definitely something we all struggle with is that negative talk and those, you know, what ifs and you're not good enough and you're not talented enough. And I think it's important that we all just like, check in with ourselves whenever we're he- we're hearing that in our heads and just like give ourselves a stern talking to because if you heard your friend say that or your sibling say that about themselves you'd be like what the cut that out yeah. stop stop saying stop saying that so like why do you let yourself talk to yourself that way like yeah. you, you can't yeah so i think it's just a it is going to be a constant battle i don't think you can ever really 
get rid of those negative um, thoughts. And I think they're, they're also a good motivator in, in, a, in a way to help you mm. um, be better, but you don't ever want to let it get so much that it completely discourages you from your dreams and your passions and what you want to do. Like then you need to find the balance between like motivation and, uh, and something that would actually like hinder you and, and hurt you in the long run. And I don't know if this was the same for you, but I think for anyone listening, another thing too is just accountability and what I mean by that is mm-hmm. I don't mean like someone checking in on you and if you get it if you're not doing what you should be mm-hmm. with the time frames you said then then they scold you I'm not talking about that but what I'm talking about is you want to be a drummer tell someone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? and mm-hmm. instantly you've got this kind of like um a support from peers yes. and friends yeah but also an outside motivator and an outside encourager mm-hmm. I remember when I decided yeah let's do this it mm-hmm. was like, I need to tell people because if I tell people, and I mean this in a positive way because it can hinder you too because you can get mm-hmm. the pressure of like, oh my gosh, all these people know and I, now I'm not going to do it. But it mm-hmm. gives you this kind of kick to go, yeah, well, now these people are expecting, you know, to support yeah. me on this journey. So I better yeah. get started. <laughs> yeah, 100%. 100%. I think that is a good motivator as well, having having other people know about it and and uh a thing that i have is like not wanting to let people down Mm. um so that for me is definitely a thing of being like oh people know that this is my goal people know like you know there's a lot riding on it i don't want to even though it's my journey and my experience i don't want to let them down right yeah (laughs) even though they have nothing to do with it i know you mean um (laughs) yeah i just i don't know i think there's there's so much to be said about uh, you know having that drive and that passion to just keep pushing forward no matter how you know how it comes up in your life whether it's other people Mm. pushing you or like supporting you and egging you along helping you like um or whether it's just within yourself um, chasing that dream, I think it's so important to have a passion and have something to work towards. Totally. Like always. Totally. Always. Life's too short to just wing it, you know? Yeah. 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 And look, hey, exactly. winging it's a big part of what we do anyway. <laughs> but <laughs> you know you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's it's like why are we why are we here if we're sitting in an office job that we don't like and with someone that we don't like and like just what why why are you living this this life like you could change everything and you could be happy if you just take the leap and just expect to fall just expect to fall it's gonna happen and i I would argue that you grow most in uncomfortability though you know like when you're uncomfortable you're gonna grow if you're comfortable you ain't gonna grow yeah exactly and i it's weird feels weird to say but like i love rejection and i prefer rejection in like in my professional life and like even in personal life because Mm. you know in in my professional life if i get rejected it's like okay i didn't get this job for a reason maybe i'm not i haven't worked hard enough on this aspect of my drumming or this aspect Mm. 
it's like, okay, now we need to work harder because I need to make sure that next time this opportunity comes around, I will get this job, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I'm, I, I think it, it really does help uh, improve us, our, our skills, our, um, our social skills even. Um, you know, it's, it is really good for us. So I, I think, you know, it's, it hurts when you get rejected for whatever in your, whatever happens in your life, but it's, it's worth it because you grow from it and you learn from it. Mm. And, um, hopefully it will motivate you to, to work harder and do better and be a better person or a better musician or whatever your line of work is. I hope that it rejection is a motivator. Mm. Um, definitely is for me. Yeah. Hard out, hard out. The amount of times mm. I've, you know, sent out messages, say, yo, I want to hop on for a yarn and, and the scene. It's like, oh, yeah. How can I rephrase that email or that message, or how can I, how can I, um, how can with my right. content can I show that I'm this is a you know serious gig, not just a right, you know. And you're right, re- oh man. Even with jobs, like seeing rejection as um that room to grow and move forward. Eh? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's un- mate, for anyone who's listened to the last half an hour of our TED talk, uh, you can. <laughs> Yeah, you can Honestly, find our links got, to resources there. We got very there. deep here. <laughs> I'm I'm into it. I, I love, love it this too. stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's so good. That's what it's all about. I think, um, like the angle from not just this conversation, but every conversation is is always your you, but not just what you do, who you are. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to mm-hmm. just know about mm-hmm. Emma and the drumming. You know, like mm-hmm. I want to know mm-hmm. what what drives you and what motivates you and, and people want to hear mm-hmm. that too like, i think there's so much bs mm-hmm. in life i mean 99 yeah. percent of your conversation i've started really being like conscious of saying good when people say how are you you know good right 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 what's because every conversation hey eh? how are you yeah good how are you yeah good you know how's yeah. how's work yeah nah same same old like yeah. we have these conversations mm-hmm. every day that are the exact yes. same you know yes that's true um i think just taking off the floaties and jumping in the deep end of a conversation is oh, yeah. it's pretty important, especially where, where society is right now. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like where there's mm-hmm. just no room for yeah. no ground. It's just you're either on this or you're on that, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I feel like especially right now, it's like so important to ask people like, no, like, are you actually okay? Yeah. Like, I know you say you're good, but we need to talk more about what's going on because these are tough times and everyone everyone is struggling, mm. no matter who you are. So it's, like, so important to just be like, oh, let's let's have a deep chat about what you're actually feeling in your heart and in your head and uh, just check in on your people because, yikes. Totally, yeah. Chicken on your friends, yo. Because even like yeah. I, I, start, I remember recently, someone, asked, one of my colleagues in the morning, it's like, "How are you?" It's like, "Oh, pretty tired and pretty ready to, you know, throw the towel in." <laughs> just, mm-hmm. just like yeah. that was how I was feeling that Good. day. And I remember Honest. them being like, "Oh, same." <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. There we go. Like, there's connection yes. there. Like, you know, you don't exactly. have to put on the face exactly. all the time. Exactly. You know? Yeah. No. There's no. There's no harm in in speaking your truth and and mm. telling peop other people how you're feeling. Like especially if you're not coping, okay. Like 
so important to say, oh, yeah, actually, I'm not doing okay right now. Um, can you some assist me or help me in some way or just, like, be there to listen, you know? It's – it's um, I've definitely had, like, moments in, in lockdown where I've just been like, whoa, this is rough and I am not okay today. And uh, luckily I have – and drum in lockdown? So I just moved <laughs> – um frustratingly (laughs) moved right before we locked down um and moved into a new like an apartment uh, near the city so i can't have drums here (laughs) which is a bit of a bummer and now i'm i'm stuck (laughs) i'm stuck here so i have like a little pad and like sticks and stuff and i can practice that every day that's fine but Getting on the kit is a little bit harder um, at the moment. So that's, yeah, that's part of the reason I'm like, I just want to play. I just want to, like, be back in a theatre again. Like, when is theatre going to return? Like, we're going to be the last ones to, to yeah. go back to work. And, it and you know, it gets you down. Um, but luckily, I, I have a great bunch of friends mm. and family, and I feel comfortable enough to reach out and be like i'm not okay today yeah. can we facetime yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge. um yeah and and at the same time like asking people because you know a lot of people aren't comfortable with being like hey i'm not all right yeah. um so asking people and trying to get like honest answers and and be there for other humans is like so important totally. right now totally um, and and you know like for people listening that are new zealanders and you know yeah. this will drop next week so hopefully we're not in a, some sort of weird lockdown by then but you never know with this thing <laughs> i hope not but um you know we're living in such f- like freedom and like, we talked about that thing re- like but earlier about being um just grateful for you know what mm-hmm. you have and and thankful for how life is mm-hmm. like you know, when we do eventually get back to normal as a, as a, everyone in the world, like, let's just be better, just better people to others, like, tall poppy, mm-hmm. like, let's get rid of that crap. Mm-hmm. Let's get rid of, like, I agree. tearing others down and um, yeah, comparing and, and saying, you know, and, and rejoicing in other people's demises because it means your own benefit. Like, you know, let, let's, like, do yeah. away with that stuff, you know? Agreed. Agreed. I would love that. I would love for that to to happen and... And for us all just to like look after each other as humans and be kind and uh, do what's right, like that would be ideal. Yeah. And I hope that this experience has changed a lot of people for the better and has taught people to appreciate the ones around them and the efforts of, you know, even like essential workers. Yeah. I didn't appreciate them as much as I should have yeah. until this crazy time. I'm like, wow, you are literally saving all of us yeah. with your work and your time and your energy. Like, it's pretty amazing. So I think, I hope that we can all just take that, hmm. all of these lessons that we've learned from this time and I hope we come out of it as like better society and Hard better up. human race yeah Cu- mm-hmm. couple of <laughs> couple of dreamers over here eh? <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah love it we um, can dream we can dream oh how good 
I've really enjoyed this conversation. Seriously, like Thank I've enjoyed um, I've enjoyed hearing the journey. Uh, not just because I'm a, just a Hamilton nerd and fan, but just <laughs> and music, just loving it. But just just hearing the journey and the story of someone who, you know, dreamt of something and fought for it, you know, and and, and still mm-hmm. continues to fight for it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna be surprised the day that I see your name all over the world, you know, <laughs> Emma Ford, and I'm gonna be like, yo. I yarn with her, you know what I mean? Thanks, man. Yeah, it's been it's it's been awesome and I've really loved the chats today. It was so good. So good. Podcast.